Hey guys, welcome to the very first ever episode of Hear No Evil, See No Evil. Um, we are what we think of as the unique sister duo, and I am here with my older sister, Victoria. Hi guys! And we are, um, we've had an idea for a long time to do a podcast because we we both have you would definitely say we both have a unique situation that can bring some information or awareness to the world absolutely that we could personally experience so this idea of doing a podcast has been in our minds for a long time but this is actually the first episode of making this dream a reality yes and we are very excited to be able to have the opportunity to do so um we've been working on this for quite some time um we just have been just trying to figure out how to get this process going so bear with us we're still new at this we're still working on a few things here and there um but we are super super excited about this journey we want everybody to be comfortable and, you know, just get comfortable with us. And, you know, if you're down on the road, we're glad to be on the road with you. And if you're in the car, listen to music and you want to listen to podcasts, listen to us. We're going to drop an episode at least once a week. Um, we have not figured out yet what days we're trying to. We have chaotic schedules, you would say. So we're both working on her education right now and Callie here is fixing to take her uh, big exam. Yes, I am. And this is kind of um, actually an escape from that reality that my test is so soon. Absolutely. um, That will actually, I guess, indirectly help me cope with that part of my actual life. Um, So... What I think we want to do first is give um, some credit to our amazing artists that we know locally that helped us create the logo that we are using for this podcast. Um, So shout out to Kirsten Hill. Yes, absolutely amazing. She did fantastic. Uh, We couldn't be grateful enough for her to create something for us. I know that we were a little bit uh, stubborn at first, you know. But, you know, we had a vision, and we wanted to put that vision to life. Right. And we're, again, I just can't even imagine, like, I just, I'm just super excited. I don't even know, like, what, where to begin or what to say or what to do. But, again, we're excited. Like I said, if you're in your car, enjoy us on the road. And if you're at home, get you a glass of wine, you know, or, you know, sit down and get ready we have all kinds of stuff we want to talk about. We have so many different topics, so many different, um, man, I don't, stories. Like, mm-hmm. we can't even make this stuff up. Actually, this is funny. That brings my attention. We were actually, when was it last week? Last Sunday, we were at, uh, we went out to eat after church. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I'm not kidding you when I say this. We went out to eat and... We were sitting there, Callie and I and Mom, you know, we were sitting there eating breakfast. And one of our, you know, teachers we had back in high school that, you know, both Callie and I had, you know, there's only four years difference between us. And we had this teacher and (laughs) this teacher comes up and I think, like, I don't know what was going through her mind or what, I don't know. But she, like, grabbed my shoulder and she was like, hey. It's me, such and such. And, you know, um, what was it she said? She said something like, hey, it's me. Well, she, you know, a lot of times people, um, because... Uh, you know, we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna get more into the specifics about our stories in this episode. Um, I think we wanted to kind of tell our own individual stories uh, to start out this episode to get people, allow people to get to know us, um, but I think in this specific situation, <laughs> I think that she had gotten, um, the, she got us confused, she got our dis- disabilities or impairments confused, yes. and while she thought Victoria was the one with visual problems, um, she 
she came up and approached her by touching her and telling her who she was. She did. To she which, told me who she was, and I'm like... To which Victoria was like, I know who you are. I can see you. Yeah, like, so, I can see you. I can clearly see you. You know, you're standing right here in front of me. And she says, she said something about, are you doing, like, how social work or something? Right. She was, like, asking her about social work. And, of course, I'm sitting on the other side of Victoria thinking... <laughs> Okay, well that that is all my life. That's that's not Victoria's life. So I'm like, that that is one that's one of many stories that we um, experience on a regular basis. Uh, we have lots of people because we are we do have such a unique dynamic um, to both being blood related sisters, but also both having um, impairments of different kinds so um we're gonna kind of if it's okay. oh yeah it's if definitely it's, gonna be um a story that i'm sure you know <clears throat> excuse me it's probably gonna be one of those moments where you're like oh my gosh that's just crazy because i'm not kidding when i say like that example for the teacher coming up and saying hey it's me and i'm like <clears throat> no like no way yeah i know it's you like why are you, you know, and I realized after that, and because I looked over at mom, and I saw her, like, I could see the, like, the cringe on her face. She was just, like, I think she was trying to do everything she could to not laugh. And I know it's it's absolutely funny because she was, like, really con- convinced that I was Callie. And that Callie's over here with Fallon, like, uh, no, I'm the blonde one over here. And, like, you got us all confused, okay? Like, no, that's not how it works. But we do have differences like i have a visual or not visual (laughs) but hearing problem and she has a visual problem so we want to in this first episode we're again we're just going to start off talking about our stories and i'll let kelly take the wheel on this uh, I guess I will take the wheel. I would say that we are a tad bit nervous, so if we say <laughs> if we say anything along the way, these first few episodes, um, bear with us. Bear with us. Don't take don't take it personal. We just we genuinely um, just are really nervous. We've never like we said we never done we never done anything any kind of project like this before. But it's something that we've wanted to do for a long time, and we are very passionate about it. So, with that being said, um, like I said, my name is Callie, and I am the younger of the sister duo. And I am also the see-no-evil half to the equation, um, as our podcast is titled, Hear No Evil, See No Evil. And my story begins... um, pretty much all the way back to the time um it's going to kind of make sense once I go into further detail in my story but um my story starts all the way back to at the time I was born um my parents had actually um I started having some issues where my head was literally growing off the charts and I was inevitably diagnosed with hydrocephalus shortly after my birth, and what is the strange, strangest dynamic to my story is that hydrocephalus normally, you know, people go on, especially when children are diagnosed with that, they normally go on and have no issues um, among the ones that resulted from that diagnosis. So um, after I was initially diagnosed with that, I was further down the road implanted with what is called a shunt s-h-u-n-t a lot of people don't understand what i'm saying when i say that so i have to spell it um and what that intervention does for somebody with hydrocephalus is they go in and um it's actually like an open head surgery and what they would that what they do is they go in and insert a system of plastic tubing and what hydrocephalus actually is and why it has to be treated is it's extra fluid on the brain. That's like the simple definition to what that means. Um, I'm going to go on and give a full disclosure that I am not any kind of medical doctor. So I'm just going to kind of, <laughs> 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 I'm 
I'm just going to kind of describe it in the way that I've always described it throughout my life to people, everyday people that have asked me um, to like tell my story and stuff like that. So hydrocephalus um, is a diagnosis with too much fluid on the brain. And of course, how they treat that is when they implant the shunt, it um, drains that excess fluid to where you're not having any more pressure on your brain. Therefore, you know, it's being disposed of properly and somebody with hydrocephalus would otherwise not be able to naturally, um, like, fluctuate the fluid that is on their brain. So, my story starts there because after I'd had that done, um, you know, I went on and after that I, w I had no real big issues. Um, I lived a pretty normal childhood, um, you know, it's it's up for Im impression what normal actually is, but I lived, you know, I did everything you can think of to be, to have done as a child. You know, I, you know, I participated in, you would say, a lot of different sports until I, oh, fi yeah. until I figured out what uh, the sport that I liked most was, um, you know, I went on vacations, you know, I went to school, I did everything normally um, as a child. Um, I had a very good childhood. I'd say we both had... Absolutely. Compared... We had some really amazing parents. Like, I mean, we... I mean, I'm not trying to be cocky or whatever, but, you know, they raised us right. You know, they really did. They, they did everything right. Now, I look back on everything and I understand everything now. I understand why they did you know, X, Y, and Z, or, you know, why mom, you know, was the way she was, but yes, absolutely. So, um, I didn't, you know, I lived a pretty, I guess, average, I don't want to say boring, but my childhood was pretty much average, um, for most of my early childhood, and, um, my actual story picks back up around, um, 2009, when I was at the time participating in an all-star cheerleading squad, um, at that at that point I'd been on several different um, competitive cheerleading teams. Uh, you know those types of gymnastics cheerleading teams where you basically just pay to be on them, and then you have practice and you go and compete in different competitions. And um, I did that from the time I was in second grade up until fifth grade. And, um, you know, that was something that was not understood to be any kind of problem for somebody, for a child with a shunt or hydrocephalus. Um, that was, you know, that there was no concern in me participating in that type of sport, um, according to my doctors. So, um, around the, I guess, fall of 2009, I was at the point where, you know, when you're in gymnastics, you get to a point where you're trying to work on certain, um, like, flips and stuff like that. And I was kind of at the age where I was trying to actually perform a back handspring on my own. And, um, you know, it was – I had just began a new cheerleading team. And I had been trying for a long time – to be able to do that on my own. So I was, my parents decided to get me into private gymnastics uh, with my one-on-one -on -one with my coach. And so um, I can remember the specific uh, lesson that I had where um, I was really getting, I was really grasping um, being able to do my back handspring on my own, but um, I was trying to, do it on what is called in gymnastics a cheese mat, and it literally looks like a block of cheese. Yes. That's why it's, yes. <laughs> that's why it's called cheese mat. Yes, block of cheese. Really. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I ended up actually during that lesson um, throwing a back handspring on that mat, and it was it was by myself. I will, you know, I still will say, you know, hey, I did throw that back handspring by myself, but... Unfortunately, I landed on my head while doing so, and um, then I was, you know, um, treated for what would typically just be a neck sprain, and for a while I was, 
you know, just treated for a neck sprain. Um, I got over the neck sprain, neck sprain and everything was fine. Um, and as far as visual stuff goes, um, I didn't actually have any sort of problems as far as visual um, until I was at school. Again, This at this point, I was in fifth grade. And I was at school, and I would normally sit in the back with my friends, whatnot. And I started not being able to see the front of the classroom. And things that were on the board that prior to that I could see were double. And, you know, I was, you know, I was just a kid on one hand. So, uh, you know, if you think back to being that age, you know, you don't. You don't know what to you don't know you don't know what is normal and what is not normal you don't quite grasp that yet but you also you know you're kind of still you're kind of still anxious about what to tell your parents right you're still you're still like trying to figure everything out so um i started noticing that i had double vision and um really didn't just run home and tell anybody after that day but um, if you've ever met my sister or my mom, they're kind of, you know, on an FBI level of being, they're so intuitive to, you know, something not right or not being right or something, you know, whether that be physically or emotionally, you know, they always know, especially with me. Absolutely. Especially with me, they can always tell, you know, like that when something's not doing right so we're just better than the fbi right yeah we're just yeah sorry fbi but we're we're better yeah so um i would say probably at some point that same week that i started having double vision um i was sitting and you'll probably remember this victoria i was we were sitting yes in the living room at the old house and it was either you or mom one that was across the room it was me it was you yep um and i was talking to you you were talking to me yeah, and, but I was not looking right at you while I was talking to you. I remember I looked at her and like I looked at her and I can see like one eye going in towards her nose and like the other eye was still looking at me and it was like the craziest thing ever and I just I just happened to I don't know what I was I I just think about all the time like what if I hadn't have seen that you know what if I had not have noticed that you know and so well that's she where it she all did. Began. She did notice, and, um, of course, you know, as I said, the only other medical problems that I had prior to that was, um, you know, being born with hydrocephalus, and, you know, as you will, as I will talk about a little bit more, um, visual problems are actually, you know, everybody, anybody that has a shunt implanted can have a, what's called a shunt failure, Um, They're actually very common. Most of the time people, they don't typically want to replace that entire shunt ever because it is a very intense surgery and, you know... It's very risky. Very risky to completely replace all of it. So, but it's it's very common to have a shunt failure and have to have those things repaired. And so, still at this point, you know, nobody correlated that my visual problems had anything to do with me having hydrocephalus or having a shunt. Um, so we did, you know, what any logical people would do. And I had an appointment at the eye doctor, the local eye doctor. And, you know, I thought, you know, everybody really just thought that, oh, she just needs glasses or contacts. You know, she just has trouble seeing and needs corrective lenses or you know lots of people have those kind of things that they need um so we went to the eye doctor appointment and of course you know every doctor that I ever go to has you know my full medical history so they did have um like the medical my neurological background and so once they had dilated my eyes and he was looking um into my eyes and evaluating, you know, what I, what I could and couldn't see at the time. Um, there was, and I, and I recognize like things that they say, like I understand them now, but I didn't like technically understand them as a fifth grade kid. Um, but he, you know, reported to my mom that, you know, my ventricles, which are part of the brain, um, were, 
inflamed and swollen, and they were actually supposed to look like the opposite. And so with my neurological history, they didn't want to take any risk. Um, we were told to go up to the, you know, hospital that could have more specialists and my actual neurosurgeon, um, where he was located at the time. And so we were told, you know, I needed to go up there because something was not right because my ventricles did not look right. So, um, after that day, I had basically had gone up to, uh, Louisville to the hospital, and I had many hospital visits throughout the remainder of the year 2009, and that first initial visit after the eye doctor, um, they really, honest to God, at first did not know what to tell us or what was going on with me. I can remember having lots of scans, um, lots of different specialists coming in to see me. Um, there was a time period in October, November, that I was in the hospital multiple times and had lots of scans done, like I said. And what inevitably happened and what the final conclusion that they eventually came to was all the way back to where I had that gymnastics accident um, had caused a tiny, 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 I mean, so small that it wasn't even initially seen on the scans. Um, there was actually a fracture in my shunt like I said, it would, I would, it would, this would all go back to the hydrocephalus and the shunt. Um, and where there was that small fracture in my shunt, all that fluid that was supposed to be drained by that system was escaping and putting intense pressure on my optic nerves, which not a medical doctor again, but that is a nerve that your brain basically... I'll ask you, you're the nursing student, that basically sends signals to your brain of what you see, right? Right, right. So my optic nerves, um, by the time that they had discovered the shunt failure and repaired it early in 2010 at this point, was um, my vision had deteriorated, so it, it had decreased to where it is now. And... So, while my shunt had been repaired, um, I had basically lost a majority of my vision that, might I add, um, because I've been asked this question so many times, I mean, if literally, if I had a dollar for every time I'd been asked this. Oh my God, literally. If you have any kind, <laughs> if you have any kind of nerve problems, such as optic atrophy, um, where your ner your optic nerves are basically killed off or deteriorated, um, any kind of corrective glasses or contacts does not assist in your vision and making it any better because it's a nerve damage. So, like my actual cornea, like my actual eyeballs, they're A-OK, -okay, aside from the fact that I've probably fried them with all the technology that I've used in college. <laughs> Right. And all the TV I watch, oh, you know, Lord, that's, yes. that's another story, but, um, yeah, um, it's actually not something that is repairable. There's no known, um, surgeries to repair any kind of nerve damage like that. So, um, basically, you know, my shunt is repaired. I've not had any other trouble with in that regard since then, since 2010, but, um, inevitably because of the shunt failure, uh, lost a majority of my sight. And so I am now uh, visually impaired. And um, so, yeah, that's how, and really, really the reason why they really had no idea what was going on is because during, during a typical shunt failure, you don't have any kind of visual symptoms. Um, it's usually like you look for fatigue or excessive headaches. Um, I can definitely vouch for throughout my entire childhood and even into my adult life now, anytime I get a headache, everybody's like, are you okay? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. what's going on? I'm like, hello, I just, I have allergies and illnesses yeah. like everybody else. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, that's what inevitably led to my diagnosis of optic atrophy. So the deterioration of my optic nerves and... Like I said, that's 
Nothing that is repairable as of science right now. Um, But, you know, science is always evolving. It's always improving. They're talking about doing, I saw something or heard something somewhere. They were doing, like, artificial nerves where they were going to go in there and, like, you know, try to do a test trial and experiment with these. Like, it's almost kind of like an implant, like, but for nerves. Yeah, it's crazy. and I, there's, and we're going to go into all that, some of the questions that we are asked on a regular basis, but... Oh, yes, there's so many different questions. We that, is, that is one of them, um, and I'm sure, Victoria, you can probably relate to this, is, you know, people ask me, you know, in your lifetime, if there is a surgery to correct your optic atrophy, would you take that surgery and get your vision back? And my answer typically is no, because, um, you know, it does sound really odd, but I really, since I did lose my vision at such a young age, it's hard for me to really remember a life that I wasn't visually impaired, because I think, you know, it's harder, it gets harder the older you get, anyway, to remember things from your childhood, and... You know, while I still have childhood memories, I don't have specific memories where I'm like, oh, I could I could see when I was at that place or I could see when I was with that person. So it's kind of just like second nature to me now. Um, I've accomplished a lot of my goals as a visually impaired person. And Absolutely. we'll go on um, after I give Victoria the spotlight. We'll go on and talk about the animal that is in our logo and that plays a big role in my independence as a visually impaired person um because i actually have a guide dog a seeing eye dog um so a complete angel a complete angel (laughs) um so we will go on and talk about that but that is kind of the shortened it's kind of hard to shorten all of it because it is it was over My visual issues happened over the course of multiple months. So whenever I tell a story, it's hard to shorten it and not, you know, not not get everything in there that is important to the story. And, uh, you know, my uh, visual acuity is something that's the last thing I'm going to say. I promise I could go go on and on. This is what this is for. We have the right to chat away. We can chat, (laughs) chat, chat. But no, Kylie does have a she's an angel like you know her name what's what's her name fallon uh yes my guide dog's name is fallon um honestly i it would probably take a whole other podcast to talk about that process because that's also it's like my story includes her most definitely because it definitely getting a guide dog um, it's life-changing. Shout out to anybody that's ever had a guide dog because you know that it's absolutely is life-changing. And as far as, you know, whenever you have a visual impairment or hearing impairment or any kind of impairment for that matter, you know, your number one goal is what? Is to be independent. Right. Yes. And independence. while I always have been independent in nature, you know, getting a guide dog before... You know, it completely just changed changed the game for me as far as my independence um, independence goes. But the last thing as far as just me personally that I wanted to explain, like my visual impairment, um, when my shunt was actually implanted, it was on the right side of my head. And so when I lost my vision, my uh, right eye is actually worse than my left eye um and my like my acuities you know you that's like the amount that you can see and you always hear that 2020 vision's like perfect vision but like with my right eye is like 1220 i think so really freaking bad (laughs) yeah really just terrible my left eye is 620 so like that's how that's how much more it impacted the right side um that's crazy. As far, as I, far I, as my, I truly did not know that part. Yeah. Of it. Like, I mean, you're going to learn stuff too. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't even really, like, I know, I hate that word perfect. Like, because nobody is perfect. And no, nothing is perfect. I think, 
you know, there's no such thing as perfect eyesight. I think you either have really bad vision or you can't see nothing except, at all. Except Fallon. Just, we said she's a perfect angel. Yeah, I mean, and now, except Fallon, yes, she's perfect. <laughs> she's a, she is definitely a blessing to us. Uh, but, know, yeah, that's, that's how, that's how weird it is that it affected, like, my left eye is, like, half, half is bad, not, my right eye is more than half more bad. Okay, that makes no sense. It's pretty much like, you know... 50,000 ti- 50, times worse than my left eye because my shunt is on that side. It's like this. Summing <laughs> up, you know, she's completely batshit blind and I'm completely batshit deaf. So, that's... that's Yep, yeah, there you go. I just summed this up. So, we're definitely going to talk about Fallon on a different probably a different podcast because it would take probably another four days to talk about the process of getting her and what all she provides for me. But I'm going to pass the reins to Victoria and she is going to yeah. talk about herself the for reins. a little bit. Yeah. Hand me the reins, baby. Giddy up, everybody. <laughs> I I have to say that, you know, Callie's story, I, I, I absolutely admire her story. I absolutely admire everything she's done in her life. You know, as young as she is, she she's has... She's heard it oh, a lot. She probably gets tired of it. Oh, well, no, 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 no. No, I know that, you know, Callie is just... You just have to know. Like, if you truly know Callie, she... I, and I know I'm not kissing her ass. I'm just saying that, you know, she really is a very independent person. She's got... She's like... She's got her own thing. Like, she... You know, it's like what uh, Webby said. I think a strong, independent woman. Or no, that wasn't Webby, was it? It was I-N-D-E-P-E-N-T. Something like that. Independent woman. A strong woman don't need no independent... Or something. Well, what was that saying? A strong woman? A str- I'm a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. That's kind of like just some that. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, but, you know... Alongside everything between me and her, we we absolutely stay humble about our deficits. And, you know, we don't take nothing for granted. If anything, it really has helped us and has really shaped us into, you know, the people we are today. And uh, so I, my, I'm the other half of the, you know, hear no evil part of the logo. So <laughs> I have a cochlear implant. Uh, meaning which I was pretty much just born deaf and I just, you know, nobody really knew until like I was age, I want to say, let's see, I know we always had this debate about how old. I think I was, I know I was young enough, at least two years old. And I had got my first cochlear implant surgery. And I'll tell you, a cochlear implant, it's so different from a hearing aid. People think that I just have a hearing aid, and they're supposed to, like, increase my hearing. Well, y'all wrong, because guess what? I I can't hear nothing. Like, not a cricket sound, nothing. Just like Callie can't see nothing. We can't, I mean, it's like, I always, I told somebody the other day in clinical yesterday, I said, I was talking about you, and I was telling them, I said, we're pretty much like, um, like the Helen Keller sisters. <laughs> like, they busted out laughing. Like, they, I had never in my life, but... That's pretty much, like, where we're in situations where we're somewhere and, like, going out of town or something. And Callie's holding on to me. Well, I usually have to hold on to her because I'm very clumsy. And, you know, like, she's my ears and I'm her eyes. Like, that's that's how tight-knitted we are. And, anyways, I tend to get off topic sometimes. <laughs> that's that's just me sometimes. I can't help it. Um so, cochlear implants, uh, you know, that's different from just a hearing aid. The cochlear implants where they really physically, you know, surgically implant you. You know, they. I have a magnet inside of my head, which means... That's another fun fact is we both had open head surgery. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. And, you know, I'm surprised, you know, for me and what they... What was what's some medical things like lobotomies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I... Guess I'm probably thinking, dang, we should have put lobotomized her instead of putting the damn implant in her. Anyway, so after that happened, um, so once the the way it works is when you get implanted with a cochlear implant, you know they put a magnet inside your head, and that's how the device on the external head, like 
where you can see my hearing aid in the logo clearly is that's how the magnet stays on there. It stays on by the magnet and the internal magnet like connecting and just staying on there. You know, I can tell you, I remember one time I went to a party and I was standing like by the fridge like it was in the kitchen. We were playing like beer pong and, you know, all this stuff. And I can never, I'll never forget the time that I was standing there by the fridge and all of a sudden I felt my whole like head like go against the fridge. Like <laughs> I got stuck to the fridge. Like everybody was like, whoa, look at her. She's bionic woman. How many beers has she had? Yeah. So I'm like sitting here like trying to get myself off this fridge and I'm like sitting here wondering like how in the world, you know, like how I can't make this stuff up pretty much. So that's just little stuff I'll never forget and you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I think after I realized as I got older, like, the more I learned more about my hearing, I learned more, more about, like, how the cochlear implant works and, you know, all that stuff. So, once you implant it, uh, at the time, I was two. It was about, I was born in 95, so it was probably around 97 or 98 that I was getting that procedure done. And then, um, the way it happened, my parents found out I was deaf, um, you know, Mom said that I was in a stroller in the fireworks in Camelsville where they had the big 4th of July show. And, you know, most kids, they get scared and they cry, you know, and they fuss and carry on. But no, me, I'm just chilling in the stroller, just sound asleep, just, you know, out cold. <laughs> and, you know, of course, Mom, I'm sure, was like, what the heck, you know, something's just off about it. So that's when everything started to make sense. And, you know, that's when the doctor... You know, had finally, you know, as far as, I guess, looked at me and assessed me and realized that, you know, oh, man, you know, she can't hear. She, your daughter was born deaf, basically. And so, when they found that out, we moved to Louisville, Kentucky, and, you know, we went there. So, I went to Louisville Deaf World School uh, to learn how to hear, how to talk, and all that good stuff. And, you know, a lot of people don't. I've had people say, like, I, I remember, like, some somebody didn't believe I was deaf. You know, I, it's just little stuff, little stories, different things like that. And I'm like, why? I mean, I wish I could make up the fact that I was deaf. I really wish I could. Like, for real. I mean, you know, just little stuff like that. And then after that happened, I also, you know, got a lot of my audiology services done at Heiser Hearing Institute. Uh, that's also in Louisville, too. Um, very blessed with the opportunity to have gone there. And I met some wonderful people. This is a shout-out to Cheryl Donaldson and Brian Moore. Absolutely. Oh, man, there's a whole bunch more. Other I'm not trying to... Perfect Angels, another exception. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I have to, you know, I have to give the glory to them. You know, if it wasn't for, you know, some of the support I had at that time, um... I don't, I can't imagine where I would be today. You know, I, there's no talent. And for that, I really am appreciative of that. And I, you know, have to admire the technology we have today. It could be a blessing. Uh, sometimes it can also be a curse. But, you know, I have to say that I'm very blessed with the, with this hearing aid. Or, dang, see, I just said hearing aid. Why did I always say that? It's not a hearing aid. It's a dang on well, cochlear implant. It's the outside part. Yeah, I just See, get used to saying that. But outside yeah. part that is a hearing aid. Oh yeah, and uh, so that basically happened. And when I talk about myself, you know, like in school, they always have you say your name, tell me something about you, tell me your unique facts or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> well. I can definitely tell you something unique about me. I'm deaf. I can't hear shit. And then, you know, I got a sister who is blind. And, you know, she I mean. can't see shit. I know. That's <laughs> why I'm saying. It's like people are like, what? And you got to think a lot of times they probably think we're lying. Cause, yeah. I mean, there's no way that two blood sisters can be this. I know. Dysfunctional. <laughs> it's just as dysfunctional as it gets. Absolutely. So, that, uh. You know, I, 
the doctors, I think, told, you know, mom at first, or mom and dad, one of them, like, I think one of the doctors said that I was never able to talk or, you know, hear or whatever at first. And <laughs> they, here I am out here proving them wrong. <laughs> they were dead wrong. Yeah, dead on wrong. Like, see y'all on the flip side. Like, y'all can go on, stay in your lane. I, I'm out here living my best life. If anything, you talk more than me. Oh, yeah, I talk more than her. I'm bad about, you know, I'm, it is so bad. Like, we are that type that when we, like, when I go over to Cali's a lot, it takes it takes me, like, an hour to leave. Like, I'm still standing in the hallway, and then I get, like, I take a step closer to the door every five minutes. And we get, me and Cali, we just get onto a topic, and we start talking about it, and one thing leads to another. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I get better keep going. And she'll be like, yeah, you know, this and this happened. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then here we are, another 30 minutes passed by. It's just bad. We just, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast. Because we have so many different things we want to talk about. It is not just, you know, about us. You know, there's a lot of different topics, different things that, you know, I think are very stigmatized, that, you know, we are very open we about. We want to bring awareness, too. Yes, we want to bring awareness. We want people to be, you know, educated and to be able to learn something from us. And, and you know, there'll even be a time, you know, in other episodes where we could talk about, you know, because a lot of times when there's still plenty of people out there that just flat out do not know how to communicate with somebody with an impairment. Yeah, or it's not just a visual or, you know, even a hearing impairment. It's all kinds of different impairment out there, and people just simply don't know how to be kind and how to be patient with one another. Like, everybody is going through something. Everybody is battling something. Everybody has flaws. Nobody is perfect at all. And, you know... What? Preach. Yes, girl, testify. <laughs> so, uh, that's uh, that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about. And we're very open about mental health, too. We, uh, you know, I'm very, if you know me, you know Callie. You know we are very open people. We talk about things. And, you know, we want you to be comfortable with us. We're not any different. But we also have no problem with making you uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, we have another problem making you feel very uncomfortable sometimes. But it's not intentional. You know, we're, we are just ourselves. And I have to say, like, I know that we have some dark humor. And I can't, like, that is, that's one of my favorite things as we've gotten older, especially Callie. You know, it's something about being the older sister or older brother or somebody older than your younger sibling. You know, just watch them grow up and watch them get older. You're also, you know, seeing them grow into, like, this adult. Like, Callie doesn't scare me now because she's, like, almost 24 years old. And I'm about to be 28 here soon. And... It's just weird. Like, we're both in our 20s. Like, my sister, it's weird to say, oh, my sister is 24. Like, I still look at her like she's 12. I mean, hell, you look 12. (laughs) So does the rest of the world. (laughs) Even even in our damn logo, I'm shorter. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, but we just really just, we're really thankful and we're really blessed that you are here with us. And, you know, I promise... We're going to do a lot better than this first episode. We were just kind of anxious, and we just did not know where to start. We have so much to talk about, and just that just was our intro. Like, that's not even everything. Like, we have so much And more. it's hard when you think, like, in my situation, you know, something that happened over the course of months... It's hard to explain it in just, like, an hour podcast. Oh, yeah, in... You know, I've tried over the years because whenever somebody asks me, you know, tell me, you know, how how you lost your vision, you know, there'd be times where I'd just say, oh, it was a cheerleading accident or it was, it's because I had hydrocephalus. But it's so much more than that. It's like multiple parts. It's like, okay, you're going to have to like open up your beer and you're going to have to <laughs> yeah, like, like sit down got- and listen to this. 
We gonna have you gonna be here for a while. You got yeah. a full twenty four hours to sit here. And yes, listen. you got you gotta make you gonna have to like cancel all your appointments, and you're gonna have to come over here, and you're gonna just have to listen. I mean, there's just I I don't even know, and it's just there's just so many factors and so many different things, you know, besides just our deficits. We have different things that we want to educate people about and especially me being a nurse in school I just recently was tested over you know therapeutic communication and you know I was sitting there thinking one day I was just like you know it's crazy that we are we live in a time where we have to learn how to communicate you know it's crazy because communication is something we're big in like communication we talk every single day we talk, it don't matter whether it's a text message or a phone call or, you know, something I tagged her in on Facebook or something. We're always communicating because I feel like communication is key to life. And, you know, for that, I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to communicate. And I've said that to you before is among all the other epidemics that we have in our society today, oh yeah, lack of communication is up there with one of the highest ranking ones because people just, and it's gotten you know, and the pandemic didn't even help. Like the pandemic, the pandemic was like some dark times for everybody. Pandemic didn't do it justice. No, the, absolutely the not. The era, the technological era. You know, everybody's glued to their phones, glued to their TVs. I hate it. Um, you know, people I absolutely people, hate it. Not to say people ever knew how to really effectively communicate, which I'm kind of, I'm kind of in a career path that goes hand in hand with what you're talking about with nursing. Um, oh yeah. You know, as a therapist, you are most of the time spouting out all this advice to your clients, but ninety nine point nine percent of the time, are you really taking that advice in your own life? And that's one of the biggest things is changing your communication to be more positive and effective and that's just something that society's just not very good at no and society is not really good at recognizing their own toxic traits everybody is toxic in their own way we all have things about ourselves that we can improve that we can work on and to better ourselves and that's it's all about recognizing those toxic traits some people don't recognize them and that's you know and when you have different barriers, communication could be one of those barriers where... And that goes back to when you have an impairment yes. like you and I. Yes. You have to learn communication from an early age. You know, when you take a child from birth that has a hearing impairment or a child, 10-year-old child that has just lost her vision, you have no choice but to learn more effective communication because that's how you achieve life. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it's just, and you know, it's unfortunate that everybody doesn't know how to communicate. People don't, you know, not everybody's going to be kind. Not everybody's going to know how to, you know, deal with you or, you know, know how to handle things when, you know, when you're in a situation. I always hate when, like, I t when people ask me, like, what's on my head? and they're, And I'm like, well, what do you think it is? You know. Hair. You know, you should say hair. Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> hair. I mean, what do you mean? Like I know what is on my head, and you don't have to point out the obvious. I clearly know. Like, trust me, I know. I'm just now getting to where I really just like don't really care what anybody thinks as far as like when I wear my hair up, and you can see my hair and eyes. Okay, cool, cool. I'm glad you can see it. Yeah, and I'm actually working on getting my hair and eyes upgraded because this thing's about antique i bet ready is time it's like a phone you gotta upgrade them every now and then in order to, she's getting she's, to the iphone 12 pro max of processors <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> I, I don't know what iphone we on now like it's like 48. 15 like iphone 48 by now at this point but you know just i guess what we're trying to get at is we wanted to hop on here and really just you know, kind of give you an idea and, you know, give you a little preview of what to, what we're going into. We're going to be going into different things about. More in depth about 
Um, you know, with me personally having Fallon and different things that I've experienced because um, something that we also have in common is, unfortunately, we have experienced our both of our fair shares of ignorance to last a lifetime. And more to be continued, <laughs> I'm sure. They'll never end. There is so many ignorant people out there. I can't even express. I don't even know how to... I don't even know how to explain this. It. It's just crazy how... I mean, just some of the questions people have asked us, some of the questions that we... I just... It leaves me so speechless that I can't even, like, explain. But that's why we're here, is we're going to continue um, putting out these episodes to hopefully educate, um, possibly inspire, and maybe just entertain some people. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we have... Oh, man, I've, we're definitely going to have a lot of stories. Definitely a lot of different information, different things we want to talk about. And, oh, man... I can't even tell you uh, how excited we are. Well, on that note, we will end this first episode of Hear No Evil, See No Evil. And next week, we will have lots more information to come on our next episode. Anything else, co-host? Yes, I believe that sums up everything today. Um, Again, thank you all for joining us today. We have so many more to come. And we are in process of trying to get a Facebook page possibly started. Um, We'll keep you updated on that. And if you all want to uh, share this. Yeah, share this. Share this. We're going to post it to both of our Facebooks. Yes, we're going to share it on social media. Um, just please do us a favor, you know, give us a shout out, you know, share us. Ask questions for Ask us questions. To yes. I'm going to also have something posted on there. It's like going to be like anonymous kind of thing. You know, you can go on there and ask questions you want to ask us um, and all that good stuff. We're definitely going to have all kinds of different stuff. I mean, we're just, we're taking off with this. We're just, we're, yes, absolutely. We're going to take off. We're definitely going to get more in depth you know, with our deficits we have. I don't really like the word disabilities because I don't like anybody. You know, when any... It doesn't have to be visual or hearing. It could be anything. I just don't like that word, disability. Because you don't you don't truly lack ability. Right. It's, it's just, just... You just lack... Yeah, I just lack... A part of your... Yeah, lack and slacking. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah. So, yes... And um, we'll see you all next week. Again, thank you all so much. Y'all have a great day.